Lord Jesus, we want to see the heavens open and see you, and we want to follow you with our whole lives. So Lord, please open your word to us tonight and teach us from it so that we can know you better and follow you more. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Several years ago, I was sitting in my office doing some paperwork, and a young man that I barely knew came by and he said, get in the car, I want to take you somewhere. So it sounded like an offer that I shouldn't refuse, so I I went along with him. And he started driving us down these long, windy, rural roads. It it took forever to to get to where he was going. And all all the time, I, I kept asking him, where are we going? You know, and he would just smile and say, trust me. It was kind of creepy. And I thought, this is it. This is it. He's a freak, and I'm about to become some kind of a headline. You know, I should have stayed in the office and done the paperwork. Well, finally, we arrived at this mom-and-pop donut shop, and he treated me to the best donuts I have ever had in my whole life. And I don't even like donuts, not even Krispy Kreme. That... <laughs> Randy is shocked. (laughs) Is that possible? Well, that's what being a disciple of Jesus is like. And I know that segue doesn't make much sense at the moment, donuts to Jesus, but trust me, it will make sense. You're not sure you want to go where he's taking you. In fact, you're not even sure where he is taking you. And all he says is, follow me. And if you do, you're in for the treat of your life. It's like getting fresh-made donuts instead of a day's worth of paperwork. It's just better. This winter, I am going to talk about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Not just a church attender, but a fully devoted disciple of Jesus. The church's number one job is to go and make disciples. In fact, the last thing Jesus said to us before he left was, Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Now, you'll notice Jesus doesn't say go into the world and make church attenders of all nations. He doesn't say go into the world and make elders or committee members of all nations or Sunday school teachers. He says go into the world and make disciples of all nations. So this winter we're going to talk about what does it mean? What does that look like in our lives practically on a day-to-day basis to be disciples of Jesus? Now, right now, some of you might be thinking, oh, no. This sounds horrible. I don't want to hear this series. He's, he's going to tell me that I need to pray more or give more or serve more. And I don't want to hear that stuff. I, that's not what I come to church for. I, I come to church to be encouraged. Man, how long is this series going to last? I don't like it. I want to go home. <laughs> Hang on. Some of you must have been thinking that. <laughs> I promise you that there will be no guilt trips in this sermon series. And I also promise you that what we will discover together is that being a disciple of Jesus is the most exciting, rewarding, encouraging thing there is in life. Being a disciple of Jesus as opposed to just coming to church is what fresh-made donuts are to paperwork. It's just more fun. In fact, if you have ever found church boring, even just a little, even just once, you, you can admit it, If you've ever found church a little boring, if you've ever found your faith life uninspired, if you've ever felt distant from God or wondered how life could be more rewarding, if you've ever found your job unfulfilling, your life just a little bit empty, then this series is the answer to all your problems. So you're going to want to be here. How's that for marketing? 
I am going to show you how to put the zip in the zip drive of life. And the way... No one laughed in the morning services. They're more alive. Yeah, it was a little corny, I admit. It was late last night. I was just grasping for straws. The way we do that, to get the zip and the zip drive of life thing, is that we become fully devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. And that means at least three things from the text we read this, this evening. And these three things will serve as sort of an, a preview of the whole series. First, being a disciple of Jesus, as opposed to just a church attender, means leaving behind all the other things that we follow to follow only Jesus. Even if the other things we're chasing after are good things. We all know that to follow Jesus, we're supposed to stop doing the bad stuff and, and follow him. But what's interesting in this passage is that what these disciples are following before Jesus are good things. Two of them are following John the Baptist. The others are fishermen. Those are good things. But they leave those good things behind when they see Jesus because he's the real deal. In fact, he's what all those other good things were pointing to in the first place. That, that's why the John the Baptist disciples are so quick to leave him. It, it, it's almost shocking how fast they do it, right? They, they don't even say thanks for the memories. They're just gone. It's almost insulting. If I was John, my feelings would have been hurt. But the reason they leave so quickly is because Jesus is what John has been pointing to the whole time. He's been saying, look, there is the Son of God. There's the Lamb of God. You go follow Him. A lot of times the things that we're chasing after, the things we're following, are good things. But they need to take second place so that we can follow Jesus first. Because He's what we're looking for anyway. The pursuit of career success is a good thing. But what we're really looking for in that is significance and a sense of adventure. And Jesus gives us way more of that than, than any job can. The pursuit of relationships. Relationships are good things, but what we're really looking for is a sense of being loved unconditionally, and only Jesus does that. The pursuit of knowledge. It's a good thing, but what we're really doing when we're seeking knowledge is trying to figure out what the meaning of life is. Why are we here? What's the point? And only Jesus can answer those questions. He made us. He knows the answer. He knows how we work. In this passage, Jesus asks a, a very profound question. He says, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? Security? Adventure? Feeling loved and valued? Significance? Whatever it is we're looking for, we find it only in Jesus Christ. We have to put Jesus first ahead of all those other things and follow only him. That's what being a disciple is. The second thing being a disciple is, is it's going on a journey with, with Jesus without knowing what the outcome is, without having all the details in advance. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like this part. I, you know, if I'm going to follow Jesus, if I'm going to take a risk of faith, I want to know exactly how it's going to turn out. I want to know all the details. I want to have a good plan because I'm a good, high-achieving Presbyterian person and that's how I became a good, high-achieving Presbyterian person was having lots of plans and being able to figure it all out. But Jesus doesn't give us all the answers ahead. It's interesting. The disciples in this passage ask an interesting question before they follow Jesus. They say, where are you staying? In other words, Jesus, if I follow you, what's it going to be like? Will, will it be comfortable? 
Will we be staying at the Four Seasons or the Motel Six? Will it be those little chocolates on the pillow or the plastic cups? What's it going to be, Jesus? Ever ask questions like that? Ever wonder if I, if I really follow Jesus, what will happen? If I serve the poor, will it be uncomfortable? If I spend some time every day praying, will it be worth it or will my mind just wander? If I give 10% of my income to God's work, will I have enough money? If I conform my finances and my sex life to God's standards, will I miss out on some fun? Or will I find the joy and the wholeness that he promises? In other words, I'll do what you say, Jesus, but first tell me how it's going to all turn out, and then I'll do it. And what does Jesus say in response to all our anxious questions and desire to have it all mapped out? He says it twice in this passage. Come and see. Come and see. I can't explain it to you. I can't give you all the answers up front. You have to experience it for yourself. Come and see. Even if I tried to give you all the answers and map it all out for you, you wouldn't understand it. Like the, grand, the colors of the Grand Canyon or like great music, you just have to experience this yourself. And besides, what Jesus really wants from us is that we trust him. Because that's what faith is. That's what relationships are about. It's trusting someone. And following them because you trust them. It's like the guy who took me to the donut shop. I didn't know where we were going. He didn't tell me. I didn't have it all mapped out. I didn't know the details. But at the end, I got a donut. That was great. And after that, whenever he came to me and said, come on, let's go, I went with him. Because I knew that there was something good at the end, even if I didn't know where he was taking me or have all the details. That's being a disciple. Last week, I was in a car with a friend of mine and his teenage daughter was driving and the whole time she was driving he kept pressing that invisible brake pedal that every car has on the passenger side right? and his poor daughter I mean that's really insulting when you see your dad going uh, uh, right and he kept saying you know, he's sort of micromanaging her saying you know turn here turn there no slow down you're going too fast wait no turn stop turn and finally she just looked at him and said dad I know where I'm going being a disciple is like that It's getting in the passenger seat and letting Jesus do the driving, even if you don't know where he's taking you. And don't worry, Jesus is not a first-time driver. He's a good driver. You can trust him. And it also means resisting the urge to backseat drive. To say, you know, slow down, Jesus. You're going too fast. I don't like it. I'm scared. Or, you know, don't don't turn here, Jesus. I don't like that street. How about that street? The houses are nicer. (laughs) It means resisting that urge. Because Jesus just smiles at us and he says... Yeah, you know, just relax. I know where I'm taking you. It's good. Just relax. Being a disciple means following Jesus without having the whole trip mapped out for us and trusting that he knows where he's taking us. And finally, being a disciple as opposed to just attending church means following Jesus in the ordinary daily parts of life. What's surprising to me about these stories that we read is how ordinary they are. There are no burning bushes, no dramatic miracles, no oceans are divided in two. It's just a couple of guys spending the day with Jesus. It's not very Cecil B. DeMille. You know, it's kind of, kind of ordinary. And they're ordinary people, right? There's nothing special about them. But that's what being a disciple is about. It's not about superhuman people doing superhuman things. It's about ordinary people following Jesus in the ordinary daily parts of life. Not just in the big dramatic times when we need something, but in the day-to-day little things. You know, if you were to add up all the hours of 
all the, re, all the events and conversations that are recorded in Scripture that Jesus had with his disciples, you would probably come up with a couple of weeks' worth of material. But they were together three years. What do you think they were doing with all the rest of that time? Ordinary things. Walking from town to town, hanging out, cooking dinner together, telling jokes. Discipleship is following Jesus minute by minute in the ordinary daily parts of life. Not just one hour a week for church, but in all 168 hours a week following Jesus. And there's a lot of ways we can do this. One of the things I do is to pray constantly throughout the day, little prayers. I'll say things like, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm going into this meeting. Please help me to be your representative in this meeting. Or, Lord, I have to write a sermon today. Just please help. Just plain old help. Or, Lord, I'm, I'm stuck in traffic and I know that it is not your will for my life that I die of a stress-induced stroke on 520. So, please, do something here. Calm me down. All of that is giving Jesus my day-to-day life, letting him in in the ordinary things. I have a friend who, whenever she goes to QFC, goes to the same clerk every time so that she can have a friendship with this clerk. And she knows everything about her. Knows her family life, knows all her problems, knows how to pray for her. One day, my friend hopes to introduce Jesus to this person. My friend turns going to QFC into an act of discipleship. Being a disciple is following Jesus in how we treat our coworkers, how we treat our neighbors, in how we handle our kids, our jobs, our money, our sex lives, everything. Minute by minute, day by day, all of life. Being a disciple means leaving behind everything else, putting everything else second to follow only Jesus in the ordinary parts of life, even if we don't know the outcome ahead of time. Now, that may sound hard for some of you, and I promised you that there was a donut at the end of this. So what is it? What's, what's the payoff? Three things that I can think of, and that's just from this, this story. Three things we get when we follow Jesus. The first is this. We get to become new people. Notice how Jesus renames Simon to Peter. Simon, the name implies wishy-washy or people-pleasing, and Peter means the rock. And that's what happens to Peter over the course of three years. He goes from wishy-washy to rocky. He becomes a new person. That's a good thing. We get that when we follow Jesus. The second thing we get is Jesus knows us thoroughly and still loves us. Nathaniel is shocked that Jesus seems to know everything about him. But more shocking than that is that Jesus knows everything about us, knows all of our dirt, and he loves us anyway. And that meets our deep need to be fully known and still fully loved. We get to become new people. We get to be fully loved. And finally, we get joy and adventure. Jesus says, Follow me and you will see the heavens open and angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. That sounds pretty cool, don't you think? And the heavens open, angels coming down and going up. I mean, that's not boring. That's Cecil B. DeMille, right? And what Jesus is saying is, I am the ladder between heaven and earth. He says, you know, it's upon me that you'll see these things. I am the ladder between heaven and earth. I am the bridge between heaven and earth. And when you follow me, the joy of heaven, the power of heaven, the drama of heaven will descend upon you. And that's what happens to these disciples, right? I mean, what are they doing when Jesus finds them? They're fishing. They're hanging out. Nathaniel's sitting under a tree. How exciting is that? But what happens to them after this? They get to walk on water. 
They get to see uh, paralyzed people walk, a, a dead man raised from the dead. I mean, that's better than sitting under a tree, right? Again, that, that, that's like getting a fresh-made donut instead of paperwork. It's just better. A few weeks ago, I heard about a man who owns a mid-sized company in Seattle. And he's a follower of Christ. And, and so he told his employees, none of them churchgoers, that he was willing to take them to Guatemala on a short-term mission trip. He'd give them the time off. He'd pay their way there. A few of his employees thought that sounded pretty good, so they took him up on it. And they, they spent a week together building houses in Guatemala for people who didn't have anything and sharing the love of Jesus. And by the end, they were, they were pretty dirty because there were no showers or baths available, so they were, they were pretty dirty from a week of that. And so this man took a plastic bottle and poked holes in it. And they all went down to this pond and he would fill the bottle up and hold it up over, over his employees as they would clean themselves off. Remember, he's their boss. They work for him. And as he's doing this, one of his employees said, Hey, isn't there some place in the Bible where Jesus does something like this? Referring, of course, to the time when Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And this man just lost it. Started to cry because... He was overwhelmed by the the sense of community and the presence of God that was there in that moment. And out of that trip, a lot of lives were changed. The Guatemalans got a place to live when they didn't have any place to live before. One guy whose marriage was falling apart came back from that trip and started going to church and put his marriage back together. Another guy was addicted to drugs, came back, started going to church, got off drugs, became a model employee. All All from one trip. That's what being a disciple is. This, this man followed Jesus more than anything else, put him first, even more than trying to build his company. He tried to follow Jesus. And he followed Jesus even though he didn't know how it was all going to turn out. He didn't know how his employees would respond to his offer. I mean, they might not have gone. They might have thought he was a fool. They might have had a terrible time. But without knowing the details, he followed Jesus anyway. And he followed Jesus in the daily, ordinary parts of life. He turned his job, which was just sort of an ordinary job, into something extraordinary for all of his employees. And he turned something as ordinary as taking a shower into a life-changing experience. One that was just full of all the joy and camaraderie and adventure of heaven. I mean, who'd have thought that taking a bath could be so much fun? You know, a lot of people go to church, they, they sing the songs, they listen to the sermons... But they never really feel the thrill of faith. And if they're honest with themselves, they would admit that they are at least a little bit bored. Or at bare minimum, discouraged and disillusioned. Because all their church going hasn't really given them much joy. That's what being a disciple is for. When we follow Jesus more than anything else in the daily practical things of our lives, even if we don't know the outcome and have all the details, we will have the joy and the adventure of heaven. Going to church won't do that for us. Trying to be a good person won't do that for us. Only being a fully devoted disciple of Jesus Christ will do that for us. So how can you be a disciple this week? How can you follow Jesus in the ordinary, daily things of life, in how you treat your neighbors, and in how you do your job, how you spend your money, how you go to the grocery store or take a bath? How can you be a disciple of Jesus? Because when you do, you will see the heavens open 
and the drama, excitement, adventure, and joy of our Almighty God will descend upon ordinary you. Lord Jesus, we want that. We want the abundant life that you have promised. So Lord, please call us, motivate us, give us the courage to follow you in everything we do so that we can see the angels of God ascending and descending right in the middle of our ordinary earth. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.